I can tell you that I haven't really watched anything that exciting. But I have watched a few things. Let's see. I watched The Conjuring yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I was just like, I should watch this. And I liked it. I'll say the first hour and a half, I was like, this is stupid. And then the last 45 minutes... Like, all the stuff happened, and I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. That was all right. See, we could totally switch, because the first half scared the ever shit of me, and I never <laughs> want to see it again. My kids still torture me with it. And the last, like, 40 minutes, I thought, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen, and it got really hokey. So, there you go. <laughs> see, and I liked it how it ended, and I was like, oh, it's everything is so nice. Yeah, I might watch The Conjuring, too, just for shits and giggles. My kids and I have watched... The Greatest Showman. Mm, it's my favorite. My daughter just watched it in band class last week because it had a substitute. And I was like, let's watch it again. She hadn't seen and it before, though? Had you no, seen it? she had not seen oh. it before. Watched it in band class. And I don't think I had seen it all the way through because there was one part that I didn't remember at all. So The know. kids and I went and saw that on Christmas Eve when it came out. It's become our kind of tradition is that usually my youngest ends up having to go to his dad's for Christmas. So I'm always feeling sad. So for fun, we go, it's usually Christmas Eve, we'll go get Chinese food and then go to the movies. And what, it's usually a Star Wars movie or something is out. We didn't get to do that last year and maybe we'll get to do it this year. We'll see. The new Spider-Man yeah. comes out at Christmas. So we will see. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. continue. Anyways. And we also watched the Newsies. Oh. And they had never seen Newsies before. And hey, did you I watch the real new the real Newsies? Times. Oh yeah, please no. You, should, you, Bale. you need to go also go on Netflix and I think it's still on Netflix and have no. them watch the Broadway mm-hmm. version because that's super nope. fun too. Nope, nope. They changed all the songs. I'm not about that life. They did, and they put a girl in it, which is super mm-hmm. weird. Nope. Uh, and let's see. Last night we watched Sister Act. Oh, because that's a good one too. I don't know why either. So I was just kind of on a musical kick lately. You still have to watch Come From Away. You have to watch that on Apple. You okay. have to go. Right. I'm going to watch today is Tick, Tick, Boom. You need to watch that one on Netflix. And... Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. It keeps popping up on my list. Or not list, but, you know, suggested things. Oh, um, there's something else that I watched some musical lately, and I can't remember what it is. It'll come to me later. But there's a lot of okay. good crap out there right now. Are you done? Is that the end of your list? I'm done. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt. Okay, so um, I downloaded Showtime so for a couple of months for free and I found the show in there which I'd heard a little bit about and I was interested in seeing it and it's called Back to Life it's uh 30 minute episodes it's a British comedy question mark it is so good it's all about this woman who is being released from prison after 18 years and she moves back in with her parents because she did something terrible when she was 18 and it is just that dry, sarcastic British humor. Like she goes, you know, she's trying to find a job and, and they're like, um, you got a lot of gaps in your, in your resume. And she's like, and they're like, where have you been? She's like, I'm been, 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 been <laughs> like, okay, but where have you been? She's like, I'm traveling. And they're like, where to? She's like, you know, just traveling for, they're like for 18 years. But anyways, it's just kind of a silly, dry British comedy, which I mean, if you've watched any British comedies, you know exactly what I mean, but there's also this mystery of what happened when she was a teenager like they don't ever like flesh it out in details and probably until like the very last episode and even then it's not like they do it in flashbacks they're just kind of little get stuff get sprinkled in you're like oh no but it's really good check that one out and i watched the it's the same new york times people that did the thing on britney they just did one on janet jackson the dressing down of janet i think it's called malfunction the dressing down of janet jackson yep so I wasn't sure if that was, if the word malfunction was right, but I know it was the dressing down of Janet Jackson. That's all about the whole nipple gate with Janet. And they did Janet dirty, just like they did Britney dirty. Mm-hmm. And Justin Timberlake is a terrible person. I dislike him more and more mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> I don't care if he's bringing sexy back. He can just take it to his house. I don't need it. I know, yeah. Uh-huh. And I just started this last night. I don't know why I think the commercials just got to me. Um, it's a Hulu original. It's called The Great and it has um oh oh, oh yeah Nicholas yeah, yeah. Hout and Elle Fanning in it and it's Elle all Fanning, yep. yeah it's all about Catherine the Great it says this story is true for the most part and it's about Catherine the Great taking over Russia from her husband and it's so it's silly it's i mean there's a lot of silly crap that goes on in it but it's also dark and disturbing and just like if you like it's not i want to say it's history but it's not history it's just 
it's crazy. It's wild. You might want to watch it if you're into that kind of stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sex going on. It's a lot of silliness. People like the emperor, Peter, is just wild. And he's just, he has everybody, like, he's a lot of like, I made a joke, guys. Laugh at me. And, oh, ha, ha. and he's like, everybody likes me. And he's like, no, do they? Do they know? I don't think anybody likes you. Anyways, that one's fun, too. So. All right. Well, we are here today to talk about... Book seven of Midnight Mass. This episode is called Revelation. And whoa, pony, is this one intense. I, full disclosure, I cried a couple times during this. I know I probably shouldn't have, but I did. There was a couple moments that just tugged tugged at my very, very vulnerable heartstrings. Okay, yeah. Well, we all know that I didn't cry at all during this. In fact... I really, really hated one part of it and pretty much Same, ruined the I. entire season for me. <laughs> Same. Same. We agree. Okay. We are in agreement there. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll start us off here. And there are a lot of really long scenes, so we'll just have to kind of see when we get to it, like the next one after yep. this first opening. Okay. So we open outside of the church, and the camera is slowly moving towards the doors, which are now open, as we know. Suddenly, there's a loud gasp, and Millie, who apparently had been right outside the church on the ground dead the whole time, comes back to life. And finally, her hair has caught up with the anti-aging process because it's beautiful and brown. And she's rubbing her young face and looking at her new young lady hands, and her eyes glow as she looks towards the church, and the lights are all trippy, like she's a vamp now, I guess. Maybe it's Maybelline, maybe it's angel blood. (laughs) Nobody knows. Maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) Inside the bloody church, Father Paul is sitting on the steps to the altar, and Millie slowly walks up to him. He barely even reacts. He's so shell-shocked. She sits beside him, and he he asks if it hurt her, and she says yes. Okay. She never once asks about Sarah. She's never like, this bothered me greatly. (laughs) She's like, oh, where did everybody go? You know? Did our daughter make it out alive? That'd be good information to know. To at least worry about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mention it maybe just once. We hear banging on a door, and now we see, I'm just calling them the vamps. I know they're not actually technically vampires, because they don't sparkle in the sun, they incinerate. And if I learned one thing from Twilight, it's a vampire sparkle in the sun. I call them demons at one point. I call them Bev's friends. I don't know what I call them all all sorts of things. I don't really know what they are. Reanimated. Yeah. So we see them breaking windows and busting through doors to pull people out of their homes and eat them. And Wade grabs this guy sucking on his neck and then makes him drink his blood. And Ali, with his stupid glowing eyes, walking around town. Ed's doing the same thing. Over at Aaron's house, the Crockett Avengers are watching all of this <laughs> through the window. But for some reason, no one's trying to break in their house, which I was like, okay. I'd be like, that's the first house we'd be going to. That's what my uh, Yeah, I know. Everybody knows. They're the, they're the most wanted. Also, that's not the first house I would have ran to. I would have not gone there. Because they're going to go no, looking for us because that's there. where they're going to go looking for you. I would have exactly. gone to Bev's fucking house. I would have hidden Bev's basement. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, anyways. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Sheriff wants to go back to the church to get Ollie. I'm like, Sheriff, look outside. He's not in the church anymore. And he's so mad that Sarah doesn't have any answers. I'm like, has Sarah ever had answers? <laughs> like, ever? <laughs> Aaron tells everyone to shut up so she can hear the screaming better. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's quiet. Everyone checks their phones. They still don't have any service. Like, that was going to be magically restored. AT&T sending a boat over or something. They agree they're all fooked because the power is gone. Phones are gone. Fairies are gone. Sturge probably disabled all the votes. And Warren's like, well, I have a canoe. And Lisa suddenly remembers that she has parents. And she's like, oh, no way. We have to go find them so they can come with us. And everyone's looking at her like, were you not there <laughs> at the church when your parents ripped out people's throats? They're not invited, Lisa. Okay. Aaron's like, focus. I'm not talking about us leaving the island. I'm talking about all these vampire assholes. Sturge didn't sink the boats because they need them so they can leave. And even if one of them, just one of them makes it to the mainland, there goes humanity. Aaron hands Sheriff back his gun. She grabs some knives from the kitchen and hands them out. They're going down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> They're gearing up for battle. Battle. I don't know if I said that right. I think that's a bow. You said bow. 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 They're gearing up for battle. 
They're gearing up to disembowel some people at a battle. (laughs) (laughs) Annie is me in this situation. She's like, what are the guns and knives going to do? They get back up. Like, this is not the way. My personal thought, you go and hide somewhere until fucking dawn. Hide. I know they're pulling people out of their houses, but this island is bigger than you think, kids. Just go away. Go hide in those weeds in the Mm -hmm. uppers. I've seen the overhead shots. Go in the uppers. Nobody's going up there but dead cats. It's cool. (laughs) Aaron says, well, maybe it's not the way, but it may buy us a few minutes and it may come down to just minutes, maybe even seconds. She's like, so, you know, (laughs) slow them down. And Annie's like, it never made sense to me. We all say that heaven is waiting for us, but we all claw, fight, and beg for a few more minutes at the end. And I was like, ain't that the truth, Annie? That is the truth, Annie. She's speaking speaking wisdom here. She's dropping tooth bombs. And Aaron says, it's not about us anymore. It's about everyone else in the world. Dying for people we haven't even met. No greater love than that. And I was like, shut up, Erin. <laughs> and I was like, she doesn't believe the shit that's coming out of her mouth. The look on her face is like, they're making me say this for the show. <laughs> <sighs> She's like, first things we need to do is get the kids to safety. Let's hug the beach and get to the uppers and paddle out. And just as she's talking, boom, a Molotov cocktail comes flying through the window and sets the room on fire. And Bev and Sturge are outside. And she's like, and Bev's like, send another one in. And this, this freaked me out. This, like, Bev's standing out there going, Aaron Green, I'd like to finish our discussion. And I was like, oh, God, she's this. Ugh. It gives me right now. It gives me chills. And Stur- <laughs> Sturge's dumbass goes, maybe she's not home. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she's in there. She's, she's in there. She's for sure in there. And Sturge is like, I don't know. She didn't answer when I knocked. <laughs> so Aaron is just staring at the fire like, Ooh. And the sheriff grabs the kids because he's the only one with sense and starts shoving them out the window. The back window. Aaron, like, takes a deep breath, like, okay, shit's gonna go down. It's me and Bev. We're gonna end this. She goes to walk to the door, and Annie stops her, and she tells her, you get the kids to safety. She'd like a word with Bev. And Warren's like, wait, what? What are you doing, Mom? And she's like, I love you. I love you so much. And then she walks outside. And Bev's like, we have no quarrel with you, Annie Flynn. I just want to have a little chat with Erin. How the fact she fucking shot me. <laughs> Her and Sarah Gunning, that terror-loving sheriff, he's still with you guys. Mm-hmm, no problems. And Annie's like, yeah, they're all here. They're all in there. Two children, too, because you just threw a firebomb at. And Bev's like, the kids are fine. They're already saved. They drink all that angel blood. They're going to be cool. I was like, if they start, if they, like, set on fire, like, will they wake up the next day and they'll just be, like, they gotta wait and let that dead skin flake off? And right, then- Riley had to wait that, had to wait till his burns heal. Like, it's not gonna be immediate. They're not just gonna sit right up, right? Right, I don't know. I don't it's know. very confusing. And she's like, Beth's like, we would never put the kids in danger. Um, and then she's like, oh, <laughs> what's that knife in your hand for, Annie? <laughs> Don't tell us, don't tell me that's for us, because, you know, <laughs> vampire's not gonna hurt us. <laughs> And he's like, it's not bad. I just need to, I need to tell you something. Um, here's the thing. I think your whole life you've needed to hear this. <laughs> You're not a good person. And I clapped. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, Annie. And Bev does the slow blink meme and says, <laughs> well, that was uncalled for. Uh, <laughs> And Annie proceeds to tell her, God doesn't love you more than anyone else. You're not a hero and you're not a victim. You're just a whiny little shit from a shit potato island. (laughs) This is when Bev decides she's going to go for the jugular. She says, I wouldn't lecture Annie. Mm. Not until you pull that plank from your own eye. If Riley's a drunk and a murderer was any evidence of the quality of his parenting. And Annie, it doesn't even phase her. She's like, he was. Every bit of him. God loves him just as much as he loves you, Bev. Why does that upset you so much? Just the idea that God loves everyone just as much as you. And Bev's like, this is when it occurs to Bev. She's like, "Uh uh-oh, she's stalling. Sturge, go around back. Check for them because you know they're trying to run. And at that second, Annie takes that knife, plunges it into her own neck, and then rings it around and slits her throat like it's no big thing. Bev screams Jesus. Like, I was like, oh. You're taking the Lord's name vain. Oh, now we're talking about Jesus. And then she's like, it's no no problem, Annie. You're going to be up again in no time. Didn't you see everybody else at the church? No big deal. So Annie is bleeding out of the ground. And Bev just sees the blood and begins to, like, grab handfuls of it. Like, it's from bathroom sink water. And she's just... <laughs> <laughs> and Sturge is looking at her like, Are you going to share, bitch? Because I'm hungry, too. And I was like, how is he not full? He is a everybody in town tonight. How is he not full? <laughs> Sturge. Ew, beer is full of blood. Gross. Ugh. 
Okay. Back at the church with Father Paul and Millie, and they're holding hands. We've got to call him and... John. We have to call him John now, because he's not... Okay, John. I call him Father at multiple points, so, you know. Yeah, I did. I call him Father, and you know, called him Monsignor towards the end. Well, because Bev was calling him Monsignor. Anyway... He's telling Millie about this huge waterfall that he saw when he was younger. At first, I didn't write this down, and then I really listened to it, Mm -hmm. and I thought what he was saying was actually really beautiful. So I I was like, I'm going to write all this down. (laughs) He's talking about how huge it was and how loud it was and how it drowned out every other sound. And this reminded him, for some reason, I don't really know why, but it reminded him of how many deaths happen every second and how he thought if every drop of water in that waterfall was a death, that must be what it's like for God every day and how loud that would be. So, of course, he can't ever hear my whispered prayers because he's just hearing this waterfall of death. He says when this angel thing happened, he thought, hey, this is great. This could be the end of the roar of the waterfall of death in God's ears. But to be honest, I mostly did it for you and me. That's why I brought the angel here. I didn't want you to die. Our whole lives have been wasted. I was too scared to be with you, too scared to tell our daughter the truth. But that's the thing. You never felt like a sin. Our daughter never felt like a sin. Millie says, what could we have done? It was a different world. He says, if you would have asked me, I would have taken this collar off and gone with you. And she was like, well, that's why I didn't ask you. She was like, (laughs) you know, I was never going to do that to her or to you or to him, not after the war, meaning the man that she did marry. But that's in the past. We made our choices. We lived our lives. She grew up and we faded away. That's how it's supposed to be. He says, well, now we have a second chance to be a family. That's the real miracle. Actually, I mean, as, as horrible as he is, I was like, oh, okay. I get it. I get yeah. this man of God, this very whatever devout man, why he would go through all this is, oh, he did it for love. So I get that. Yeah. And if it worked, he would get a, a do-over. They would be able to be together at that peak moment in their life forever. But it didn't work. It's not going to work like that. I love that he said that. Well, I brought it back here for you and Sarah uh, and the others, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they can come to you. <laughs> so I started referring to these guys as the group of survivors. I called them the Avengers. <laughs> and I called them, at one point, I called them the dream team. It's just that Sheriff has been swapped out for Millie. Millie had to go sit the bench or something. So yeah. <laughs> so the, the group are creeping along, trying to get to the shoreline. When they see the angel fly into a house, and you hear people start screaming, and then a woman comes out screaming, yelling for help. Which, okay, this woman has the right idea for everything. She's screaming, help me, help me, help me. She's looking for people. Help me, help me, help me. And they all go, shh. And I was like, no, something flew up my house, is eating my husband. Like, hello. <laughs> so dumb. And then they're trying to like, okay, shake quiet. So they start creeping. And then here comes Uker and he's like, hey, guys, you smell really good. <laughs> and sure, so the sheriff points his gun at him and Uker calls him a raghead. So sheriff rightfully shoots him. Mm-hmm. Well, the gunshot makes the woman like, oh, help. There's somebody with a gun. Yay. And she comes running towards them, and all of a sudden the angel jumps down and grabs her and starts eating her. So the sheriff keeps firing at it, and it doesn't give two shits because it's eating, and flies away. So the sheriff grabs the kids, and they all book it. Aaron and Sarah and the sheriff run for their lives. Cut back quickly to Bev and Sturge, who are done eating Annie. And Sturge asks, why did she do that? She didn't need to do that. And also, everything's on fire. (laughs) And Bev (laughs) says, nah. He's like, maybe we should put it out. And she says, no. He says, well, it could burn down the whole island, like in 84. And I was like, what the hell happened in 84? Is this when all the starlings fell out of the sky? Because I need to know. <laughs> and she's like, the church didn't burn in 84. It's so, um, this, 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 all this, is it's, it's Revelation. I was like, Bev's coming up with all of it. So she starts to quote Revelation and how the first angel blew his trumpet. And with it came hail and fire. And everything was burned up. The cowardly and faithless were burned up. And then she looks at Sturge, she's like, let it burn. Let it all burn. A new flood in St. Patrick's will be the ark. The citizens of Crockett, the good citizens, know where to go in a storm. So they head off to go do some looting, and Annie opens her eyes. 
It said she tells Sturge to grab the bucket of fire making stuff and let's go light this motherfucker up. Let's go burn it down! Burning it all down. So Lisa and Warren have made it to Joe's trailer. R.I.P. Joe! And they're hiding out there for a few minutes. Lisa grabs his rifle off the wall and as many bullets as she can carry. And Warren's like, what's the point? And she's like, minute minutes Warren hello did you not listen to Aaron's speech in the house he's like no she's a teacher and I don't listen to anything she says (laughs) she says stupid stuff anyway so they sneak out and she grabs some gas just in case they find a boat Lisa says we're gonna be okay and Warren says you think we're gonna make it and she's like no that's not what I said I'm saying that either way we're gonna be okay and so they hold hands and then they go to the beach to make out. <laughs> Back with Sturge and Bev and they are burning down the general store. I was like, oh, that is just so spiteful to burn down the jail slash general store first. Fuck you, Bev. No, they don't need that food anymore. That's true. And they don't like the sheriff anyway, so. Now, after they eat everybody on the island, so I guess the plan was they got to go to the mainland because you can't just eat people who are turned, right? You got to no, have that fresh. Was, that was the thing is they were going to need food and they were going to ha- would have to go to the island. Okay. So Ed and Annie reunite in the streets and they run to each other and hug and kiss. And Ed is simply appalled by what these people are doing. But not me. Not me. I'm not doing that. And she says, I knew you wouldn't. But, Ed, I feel the hunger. My stomach hurts. And he says, I know. And she asks if she's going to become an animal. And he says, at first, at the church, I thought this wasn't really a choice. But now I realize whatever this is, it doesn't change who you are and you can fight it. Aaron and Sarah and Sheriff are at the power station again. And they notice all the smoke and flames and they're so confused. They're like, why are they burning everything down? I'm like, I'm confused too. Sarah says, I hope the kids made it to the boat and Aaron says I hope so but we're probably never going to know and Sarah says well I'm deciding they did so what they're actually doing they're not doing anything with the power of the phones they are breaking into the fuel reserve because they got themselves a plan and if you have seen Tremors you will know what I am referencing so they start filling up gas canisters and then pouring them all over the boats smart because not going to get to the mainland without a boat We get a really cool overhead shot of the island that shows the other side of the island already burning where Sturge and Bev are burning things down. And then the docks suddenly become engulfed in flames, too. It was kind of neat. I'm sure it was all CGI, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I hate this part. I like the next part much better. Uh, um, Okay. (laughs) Warren and Lisa are running through town and they um, hear the mayor and Dolly calling for Lisa. So they run and hide in one of the abandoned houses. It just happens to be that abandoned house that Bull was taken into. Mm-hmm. How come the angel could echo Bull, but it's never spoke again? Like, I need it to say more words. I need it to, like, be like, Bev say something stupid. And he's like, something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been epic. I need it to say that. So they go and they go hide in this room. They're looking out as Dolly and the mayor run by. And they start to cough because it smells really bad in there. And then that's when they turn around and Lisa's got a lighter and they find Bull's body and another body underneath it. And they're, it's kind of tied to a post like it's been like a Christmas ham. Like this angel's been gnawing on it for a while. And then cut over you here. And then there's the angel eating that woman who ran out of her house who was screaming, but who is still alive and like crying like, oh, this sucks. I have no idea what's happening. And nobody's fucking helping me. They just tell me to be quiet. So the angel just ignores them because he's eating and it's rude. So Lisa just takes aim and fires at the angel and he doesn't care. And so the woman is crying more harder. So Lisa fires again and the angel just waves them away, breaks the woman's neck so he can get a better angle and drink some more. So Lisa's like, well, fuck this noise and just starts tossing gas out of the can all over in the house and then makes a trail of it out of the house. And then she drops the lighter and poof, the angel starts screaming and busts out the door before flying away. And then behind them, they hear Sturt say, Lisa, Lisa Scarborough, your dad's worried sick. And they take off running like, oh, shit, it's Sturge. And then he tells his pals of demons who are with him, saying, spread the word. Anyone not in the rec center by sunrise won't see another. Burn everything. Dawn's a coming. And I was like, Sturge takes a weird journey in this episode. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, weirdness. So they cut to them burning down the school and all the empty houses. Meanwhile, Bev is readying the rec center. So she's got all the cats set up with nice pillows and sheets. 
and all candles and mints on all the, all the little pillows. And then she's looking around at her handiwork. She's like, yay, pretty. So then she goes to the church and she goes to the church. She watches the fire and her handiwork and she's so proud. And she starts to ring the church bell so everyone knows to come to church. So everyone stops and looks. The dream team, the Flynn's, Warren and Lisa, the mayor and the demons and his friends. Everybody stops and looks and like, oh, shit, that's the dinner bell. Okay, come on, guys. Everybody, let's go. <laughs> Time to go to church. Okay. So Father Paul and Millie are still hanging out at the church. This is like a real long conversation they're having. And they suddenly notice that Bev has come into the church. And Bev's like, oh, great, you're up. Well, they heard the bell. Yeah. Yeah. And she gives Millie, like, the bitchiest look. She's definitely not as pleased to see that Millie is here. And Father's like, you let them out. And Bev says, well, of course I did. Come let me show you. And she's so excited to show all the destruction and death. And she takes them outside. And she's like, look at the fire. And she starts quoting the scripture about Noah and the ark. She tells him that she set up cots in the rec center. And then we'll get on the boats and we'll go spread the good word. And she says the chosen ones will come into the rec center. And Father asks, well, who will decide who's chosen? And she's like, duh, you and me. And he asks, well, what happens to the rest? And she says, I don't know. That's between them and God, right? He says, no, 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 Bev, we got this wrong. We are the wolves. I was wrong. We were wrong. We're wrong. This needs to stop. And she's like, oh, no, no, we need a leader, a shepherd, and that's you. It's always been you, Monsignor. And he says, no, it's never been about me. That's the whole thing about priesthood. It's never supposed to be about me. It's supposed to be about God. Bev is like, wow, okay, I guess I should have seen this coming. We were warned about the scribes and the priests in Matthew. Do not call anyone father. You have one father, and he is in heaven, but Damn it, Monsignor. Did it have to be true of you? Because I really don't want to babysit all these assholes for all eternity. You know what I'm saying? But I guess it was always going to be like this. You were always going to be the hardest test of my faith. Get thee behind me. You are a stumbling block to me. And then she looks at Millie and basically calls her a whore. And then she says, I truly hope you two enjoy the sunrise. Do you think Bev has a crush on Monsignor? Do you think it's I think that? in her, yeah, I a little bit. I think in her head, she saw them as partners and that when this was all said and done, it was just going to be her and Monsignor or her and Father Paul or whatever, whoever the hell it is, you know, for all eternity working together. And maybe if something came out of it, great. And that's one of the reasons why she hates Millie so much. I think she hates Millie because that makes him flawed. And he's supposed to be perfect mm-hmm. in every sense to her. And that's, like, I don't know. I don't, I can't decide if it's idolization or if she's really into him. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's both. You're right. Maybe it's both. Yeah, I was just going to say maybe a little bit. She turns and walks towards the crowd of people who have come to the church because they heard the bell. And Sturge can sense something's not right. He asks her what's wrong. She says, nothing. Everything's fine. It's fine. Just keep them out here for a few more minutes so we can get an accurate head count and make sure we have enough boats for tomorrow. I was like, why couldn't they count them inside the building? I don't know. And Sturge is like, yeah, about the boats. They burn the boats. Like, all the boats. And Bev is like, oh. Okay, well, whatever, whatever. Wade can call back the fairies. It's fine. They who. (laughs) Cut to Warren and Lisa, and they finally made it to the canoe. And Lisa looks back towards the burning town and says, I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. And then she says a prayer that they're both taken care of, that they have peace, and that they don't worry about her. Warren's like, my mom, my dad, and my brother, they're all gone, aren't they? And she's like, yeah, (laughs) moving on. And Warren says if he had known at that last dinner, he would have been different. And Lisa tells him that they know, they know, and they hug. And then they get back to dragging that canoe out to the ocean. I was like, Lisa's got shit to do. She's got no time for Warren and his feelings. She's like, come on, no feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's move along. So Father and Millie have just like sat down on those church steps. Like they have given up. It bothers me so much that they don't care where Sarah is. Like she's never once asked like, oh, where's Sarah? Where's Sarah? Mm -hmm. Whatever. So they're sitting on the steps and everyone has come up and they are starting to form a line to get into the rec center. And Bev says, is that Howard? Howard Hobbs, you've had a hell of a night. I don't think you've came to mass a day in your life, but you were saved tonight, baptized. I I bet you Sturge (laughs) did that, didn't he? This Howard has no idea what's going on. He's like, "I, I killed my wife and my boys. And he starts to cry. He's like, what is happening? 
And Dev's like, oh, I hate to tell you this, but you could have brought them back to life. This was discussed in specific cases. And if you'd been a man of faith and come to church, you could have known that and you could have saved them. And he keeps asking, like, what's happening? Like, and this would be me. Like, I don't, what the, what is going on? I've been the, I would have been the lady that everybody would tell, tell him to shush because I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> she's like well it's the end of days Howard and all those days you turned your back on God the tools for your salvation were always there the doors were always open but you didn't you didn't so in this critical hour you didn't know she's like I wish you peace and God's mercy but no room at the end sweetie sorry bye bye and Sturge is like, wait, I saved him. He was always nice to me. He never made fun of my beard. He never made fun of the fact that my name is Sturge. And so, I mean, come on, Bev. And, come on, Bev. Come on. And Bev's just looking at him like, no. He's like, oh, sorry, Howie. I was thinking maybe we could go for a walk down by the shore and uh, watch the sunrise. And Howie is not having it. He just falls to his knees sobbing. And father's watching all this. He's like, this is monstrous. So Millie runs over to Howie and is like, it's okay, it's okay. And father starts screaming, bring him to the church. You're welcome, St. Patrick's. All are welcome or this isn't God's house. He goes stomping into the church and lo and behold, there's finally Sarah. She's pouring gas all over the inside of the church. They both look at each other. Sarah's like startles for a second like, oh shit, he's going to eat me. And uh, they just stare at each other. It gets really quiet. And father says, good. And Sarah's like, does the, she does the slow blink. Like, what? What? And he says, you go out through the vestibule, head for the water. And she's like, well, that was the idea. And he says, and this, this one got me. He said, I am so proud of you. I'm sorry we never told you. Your mother and I. Sarah just looks at him. And then she gets that blink of realization. Like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And he's like, I love you so much. And I've been so proud of you. And I wish that I could have gotten to know you. And she says, me too. And he says, head out the back. I'll take care of. And just as he says that, there's a gunshot. And Sarah recoils because she's been hit. And we see Sturge standing behind Father as Sarah falls to the ground. And Sturge is like, she was going to burn down the church, man. And Father just runs and tackles him and drags him out of the church and starts to strangle him. And Millie's like, John, what are you doing? (laughs) And then he gets up and he runs back in the church and Millie starts following him like, what is going on? And she sobs, baby, God, no. And this is when I cried for the first time because just her, the way she reacted, like, oh. So they run back into the church and Sarah is still alive, but barely. She's like just hanging on. So Millie looks at John, John looks at Millie and he opens up his wrist and puts it up to Sarah's mouth and there's gurgling and we look and Sarah is spitting it out as fast as she can. She wants no part of this vampire life. None of it. And John starts to sob and Sarah dies. And Millie starts screaming, no, 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 no. But she's not so torn up that she can't launch right into a story. As as one does. (laughs) These people and their stories. And she's like, oh, I know you're dead, but when she was a little girl, her favorite place on the whole island was that little bridge by the marsh. Then it cuts to John carrying Sarah out of the church and Millie's walking beside him. And as she's walking, she just kicks over or tosses over a candlestick and the church just blows up, goes up in fire. I love that part. It was like an action movie where it just happens like in slow motion. She knocks it. Yeah. They just walk out of the burning church and walk away from Bev and her crew. And I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. So that's when... They turn and notice that the sheriff is pouring gas all over the rec center. Bev's like, God damn it. I know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. I was like, oh. <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to make those beds? And put the mints just perfectly right <laughs> right in the middle of the pillow. That's not easy. And so she grabs the gun from Sturge and shoots the sheriff in the leg. And then she starts spouting all this anti-Muslim bullshit. It's just gross. There's a lot of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, it's a little heavy-handed, writers. He says, I just can't let you into that building. Pretty sure it's the last one left. And he sees that Bev has noticed the blood coming from his leg wound. And he's like, you hungry? And she says, ugh, dirty blood. Bev is trash. All these people mm-hmm. are complete trash. She calls him a coward that he entered the building when it was empty. And he was like, well, actually, it's not. So here comes Erin walking out of the front doors of the rec center with her gas can. I don't, why didn't she walk out the back door? I don't understand this. Why don't people have lighters at the fucking ready? Right. Bev 
points the gun at her, and Aaron has a lighter, but she's slow as hell getting it lit, and before she can throw it on the gas, the angel swoops down and grabs her. So, Ali is there for some reason all of a sudden, and he picks up the lighter, and Bev is like, hey, boy, give me the lighter. Ugh. Yeah. And he's like, that's my not my name, bitch. And so he lights it and throws it inside. And kaboom, there goes the rec center. And I was like, well, Ali, you made one good choice today. Sheriff says, this reminds me of a Bible verse. He makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. And then Bev just shoots him in the stomach. Ugh. And Ali rushes to him. Aaron, meanwhile, is on the ground getting her neck sucked by the angel. And... I was going to make my other angel noise that he makes when you were talking about the echo thing, but I'm not going to do it. But just imagine, you know, really hungry, slurping sounds. So while he's distracted, she manages to get the knife out of her coat pocket and she starts cutting the angel's wings. And just like when it was shot and just like when Lisa was throwing gas on it, as long as it's distracted by eating, it doesn't care what you're doing. Girl, same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> Every time it's like, what's going on? And tries to look, she pulls it back to her neck to keep feeding. It's very intimate. It's very like, it like sexual. It it's weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's just slicing into his wings just a little bit at a time. So Ali and the sheriff walk off and Bev is completely panicking, trying to come up with somewhere else they can go. And Wade says, nope, you burned it all. Way to go, Bev. So everybody just starts walking away. And they're like, well, that was fun while it lasted. Dolly's like, let's go find Lisa. And Bev asks Sturge, well, what about the boats? And he says, they're gone, Bev. And he walks off towards Uker and... He's like, are you okay? And Uker says, I think I killed my mom. And Sturge is like, yeah, I did some stuff tonight, too. That's putting it extremely mildly, Sturge. Mm-hmm. Then he asks Uker for his forgiveness. And Uker's like, sure. So he and Uker and Howie leave. And Bev is just standing there watching the rec center burn. And Aaron has now completely demolished the angel's wings. And it finally stands up. It's done feeding. And it notices. And it roars. And then it awkwardly flies away. So Aaron is left laying on the ground. The sheriff collapses while he and Ali are walking through town. And they see the angel flying away. And then out on the canoe with Warren and Lisa, they see it flying as well. Away from the sunrise. Lisa's worried. Do you think it's going to make it to shore? But Warren says, no way. It can fly 30 miles. It can barely fly at all. And I was like, could you really tell that from that far off? Because to me, you couldn't really even see the holes in its wings. But he knows that he's injured and it's not going to be able to fly. Whatever. So we see another drone overhead shot of the island now. The whole thing is on fire. And we're back to Aaron. She's laying on the ground. And then suddenly, there he is. There's the man of the hour. It's Riley. And she's back sitting on the couch with him. And he asks her, what happens? And this is the part that ruins the entire thing for me, except for the fact that we get to see Riley again. Hi, Riley. Yeah. Aaron is laying there staring at the stars. We just hear the voice of what happens. And then she blinks and she's sitting on that couch with Riley. And this is when I sobbed for the second time. Because just to see Riley, I love him so much. His face. Zach Guilford. I know. Buddy. Your teary-eyed smile, oh, mm-hmm. it makes me weak in my knees. Mm-hmm. So she smiles at him like, oh, okay. I love that. And this is the only moment that I liked her in the scene. She looked at him like, oh, we're back to this. I get it. Here we are. Mm-hmm. He says, what happens when we die? And she says, so she looks at him and she goes, well, what the fuck happens? Like, you've been through this, dude. You tell me. <laughs> and he says, well, what do you think happens? And she said, speaking for myself. And then in my notes, I have, she prattles on and on forever about worrying about yourself. (laughs) She had a selfless act at the end. Then she gives pretty much Riley's explanation of what happens when you die, about the brain firing neurons and how she thought she'd be afraid, but she's not. She's too busy remembering I was forged in a star, blah, blah, electrons and remembering there's no point where that ends and she begins. She is energy. And as she's talking... Because this monologue goes on for six minutes. We see Father and Millie carry Sarah's body to the bridge that she loves so much. Annie and Ed walk to their house, which is on fire. Ollie drives the sheriff to the water's edge. 
And Aaron is still going on and on about science bullshit, is what it says in my notes. And I was like, then I have someone was high when they wrote this. Because it went on and on about, like, <laughs> yes. we are the universe and I am the stars. I was, <laughs> like, was tripping yeah, balls for during real. this monologue. And the whole time she's talking, Riley is smiling at her and I just want to hug him. And then he starts to cry so- and he nods at her and she's like, there is no time. There is no death. Life is a dream. It's a wish made again and again and again until eternity. And then I have, so five minutes later, Riley smiles at her with tears in his eyes. And I want him to take her hand so she shuts up and just take her off to heaven or whatever. And Off camera. And the whole time she's talking, it's flashing back and forth between her on the couch and then her on the ground dying. And her on the couch and her on the ground dying. And then we get back to her laying on the ground. She takes one last breath and dies. Oh, <sighs> I said, finally, Aaron on the ground dies, so we don't have to hear any more of that. Yeah. Um, Annie starts to sing the hymn, Near My God to Thee, and Ed joins in. And then mm-hmm. it flashes to Ollie and the sheriff start to pray at the, as the sun comes up. And this is right now, it gets me right now. The fact that the, he, Allie went with his dad and they, and they were praying as Muslims again on the beach got me. I don't, I don't know why, it just got me. And Bev has come down to the beach as well, and she's looking at the sunrise, and then she looks over at the sheriff and Ali praying, and she's like, ugh, <laughs> her look on her face. And I was like, at this moment, I hate her. she is no better than them. She's going the, to have the same ending they are, and that made me deliciously yeah. happy. Yeah. I, about the nearer, my God, to thee, I was like, so Ed joins in with the harmony, and then all the vampires nearby start singing, too. I was like, it's the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You remember that? <laughs> oh, I loved anyway, that episode. I know. Me, too. So, with John and Millie and Sarah, John takes off his collar and throws it. And Warren and Lisa are still out on the boat watching the island burn. And the sheriff is using every last bit of his strength to pray when he suddenly falls over dead. As the sun just starts to come over the horizon, Bev completely panics and tries to dig her way down into the sand. Or to hell. Either way. Or Yeah, whatever. It's just not going to ignite her in the sun in three seconds. Back with the town choir, Wade and Dolly are there. And Uker and Sturge are there. And... Father Paul asks Millie to forgive him, and they kiss, and the sun comes over the horizon. At the beach, Ali puts his hand down on his dad so that his dad's body will burn with his, and Bev's face catches on fire. She screams, no! Because she's a ginger, of course her face is on fire. I know. You can't be standing out there in full sunlight without some SPF. Cut to the choir again, and in the middle of the chorus of Near My God Today, it's all of a sudden, boom quiet as the end of days so the sun is up everyone's dead everyone except warren and lisa in the boat and he raises his hand to the sky because this ash is raining down from the sky and my interpretation is it's the ash of all the people that just burned on the island and it's ashes to ashes dust to dust what does riley say remember we are dust and to dust we shall return yeah so then lisa looks over at warren and says i can't feel my legs the end, which I took to mean that the angel also didn't make it to the mainland right. because now all the magic from the angel blood is gone. Yeah. how? I mean, how does that work? Like that angel has to stay around forever to keep that magic going. Like, I mean, I guess. If, it's, if we're doing it like in Sarah's interpretation is eventually that shit will burn off and like you'll be back to your normal body, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But what are these two kids going to do now? Like, I don't know. Now they've got to paddle out to the mainland like everyone else thought it was impossible to do. Well, that and like, they're like, um, everybody on our island burn up. That's going to be a real story to have to tell. They're going to be like, you guys set that fire. No, we swear we didn't. We didn't set that fire. (laughs) Yeah, because there's going to be nothing left of anybody because everything's going to literally be ash. There's not going to be a skeleton. There will be nothing that is weird. And it's going to look like they did it. And they're going to go to jail. It's going to be like Roanoke Island, where they're going to be like, where are all the people? And they're like, they just disappeared. Lady Gaga got <laughs> <laughs> I really hate that scene with Aaron. And it's such a Mike Flanagan thing. And maybe he's just, like, really into this whole, like, time and space and life and death. Because it's like, 
They did the same thing in Haunting of Hill House. They did the same thing in Bly Manor. And now in Midnight Mass, where they are talking about how there's, you know, really no such thing as time and there's no death and life is not a linear thing. It's all this things occurring all at once and it's like how, it's just confetti much... it's confetti it's just, yes isn't that from hill house it's com- it was just all confetti it's from hill house yep so i hated that part but actually not a not a bad show and i love riley and he talked to me on twitter and it was great he's on cameo now and i almost oh want to just spend money and just have him talk to me how much is his cameo it's 38 dollars for a regular cameo it's 238 for a business well, damn. I was like, $38? I'd be like, hi, how are you? I love you, hi. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't creepy at all. How cool. I know, and I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I have not watched Friday Night Lights. I know, I know I our, it's like very obsessive fan club. Let me scratch that. I think I watched the first episode of it because his character gets paralyzed and he's it spends the whole thing in a, in a wheelchair. And then I've seen him on Good Girls. I really enjoyed him on Good Girls, too. So he's great. I love him. He's really funny and... Because you said to go follow his Twitter. So I did for a few days. Yeah, Zach Gilford. It's just his name at, yeah, on Twitter. And yeah, he posts all the time. But I love it. Yeah, and he's super cute. I don't care. He's super yeah, cute. He is. And speaking of super cute, can you please check out our Facebook page and see the picture that Tiffany posted? Because holy hell, Midnight Mass cast. I mean, Riley's not even in that picture. And it is smoke hot all the guys in this show do you kn- hot do you know where i got that picture from no no where zach gilford's twitter no way how did i miss that <laughs> he posted it and he said oh looks like all the cool kids got together and i wasn't invited <laughs> so then somebody took up i don't know if he did it that like photoshopped him in his riley outfit in the middle of it <laughs> and i almost posted that one too but i was like oh that seems weird to take all his twitter stuff but yeah i found it on his twitter but holy hell, oh, Sheriff, God, lock awesome. me up, because huge. Seriously. Oh, he is just gorgeous. And I told you this, like, Wade absolutely looks like a Beverly Hills plastic <laughs> surgeon, like a hundred thousand percent, but I'm here for it. And Sturge, oh my goodness. there And obviously, Father Paul, we've already talked about. His, ha- his hair is not before, great so. in this picture. His face yeah. makes him look a little crazy, but I enjoy him. So wild, but he looks like yeah. a praying mantis, and I, I that does something for me. I don't know why. He's just <laughs> long and angular and weird, and I don't know. And Sturge looks like somebody's hot dad. Like that looks like somebody from high school's hot dad. I don't know. That's where it, that's what he looks oh like my to God. me. Uh-huh. And I don't, sh- uh. the sheriff though. Uh-huh. I'm sweating. Sure. I'm sweating. It's fine. And they are it's all fine. huge. They're all huge. Because Hamish is... Yeah. Father Paul is 6'4". And then the rest of them are... Like, the shortest one is 6'2". They're all huge. And maybe it was a tall person party, because I don't think Zach Gilford is that big. I think he's little. Yeah, no, I think he's like... I think he's like 5'10". Yeah. He's probably like my husband. That's oh, what I was thinking. What I need to see now is a picture of all the ladies. And I'm going to go see if I can find one. Because these are all gorgeous women just stunning and i want to see a picture of all of them in the same kind of you know oh there has there has to be a premiere there has to be a picture somewhere i'm gonna find one i'm gonna find one because we love the ladies too the ladies are all gorgeous beautiful hot mamas well i don't know if they're mamas but they're hot you notice who wasn't in that picture is henry thomas and i feel bad for you elliot i really do (laughs) henry you're too short. You didn't make the cutoff. That's what Just it like is. Riley. I think it was a tall hotties party. I don't know. A hot drink of, a tall drink of waters. Yeah, that's what it was. All right. Well, that was exciting. But you know what? Now we got to decide what to do next. I got my thoughts. Oh, well, let's not say I'm here because we don't want to do what we did last time where we were selling something for weeks and they were like, just kidding. <laughs> we're not doing that. Is it the thing that you sent me? Yeah, yeah. In, uh, okay. I know what it is, and you guys don't. And you guys don't care, because you don't even talk to us. Because <laughs> you suck. Don't kill them, they suck. They don't listen to us as it is. You don't need to turn off the two that do. <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening, you are literally the light of my life. And you need to go tell other people 
that we exist and that they should listen to us. Megan, that's you. I'm talking to you directly. Megan. <laughs> Megan, I know you've got connections. I know it. You do. You probably got 995 Facebook friends that are sitting around like, what should I do for the next 47 minutes? Listen to this amazing podcast with my friend in it and her crazy friend. That's what you should do. Megan, I've put the call out. That will make her day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've given her an ultimatum. You do it. No. Or you're not a friend anymore. Just kidding. You're a friend forever. Okay. Well, if anybody else wants to be our friend and say hi, you could do that in a lot of places. You could let us know what you thought about the Aaron monologue. You could let us know what kind of mints you like left on your pillow at the Rec Center Hotel. And where could they do that, Tiffany? Well, you can head over to Twitter and first check out our Twitter, which is That's So Pod. And then make a sharp left at Zach Guilford's Twitter and talk, you can look up all the pictures that we're talking about. You can also find those pictures on our Facebook page at That's So Original Podcast. Our Instagram is That's So Original Podcast. I can't get to the Instagram, so I don't post anything on there. So you have to look for Kelly's cool things. Oh, about. crap. And then <laughs> and you can go to our website at That's So Original Podcast.com. You can send us an email at That's So Original Podcast at gmail.com. Got it. Second time. Yeah. Flip it. Reverse it. And you can like us and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on Spotify and Stitcher. You can send us a letter. I'm not giving you my address, but you know, you could send it through the emails. You can come and like our beautiful memes that Kelly put so much time and effort into. Thank you. Thank you. Because they're, they're super fun and we enjoy them and they make us laugh. I was just thinking the other day about, I was like, what was that one meme that made me laugh every time I looked at it? And I was like, what the frick meme was it? And it was this, the one from Bridgerton with, Dad, this is your head. This is your butt. P.S. I can look. I can talk good now. That one made me laugh that so one, hard. That one makes me laugh to <laughs> think about it. I had to scroll through her feed and I was like, what one is it? And I was like, yeah, it's that one. It's that one right there. <laughs> Yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. Oh, memories of Bridgerton. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for hanging out with us through Midnight Mass. And you'll just have to wait and see what comes next. And we will talk to you about whatever that is next time. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs>